Welcome to Soaring with Eagles with your host, Crystal Richardson, a.k.a. Sergeant K. Each week, we hear from Crystal and her successful guests as they share their triumphs, tragedies, tools, and secrets for living a full life complete with financial freedom laced with fun and fulfillment. Crystal takes a controversial and edgy approach to unveil interesting facts about millionaires, billionaires, and game changers, and how they have accomplished life success while giving back. Now, here is Crystal Richardson. This is Crystal Richardson, and we're really happy to be with you today. Uh, We've gotten a lot, a lot of input related to our show today. There was a survey on SurveyMonkey. There was also uh, various posts in in groups to ask people, including on Facebook, but to ask people their thoughts about when should we start teaching our children about money? And, And when did you start learning about money? Uh, and what did you actually learn about it? So there were so many stories, so many uh, inputs on, like I said, SurveyMonkey. Thank you for all of you all who, who took that survey. If you didn't take it, uh, <coughs> excuse me, still coughing <clears throat> from my cold. If you didn't take it, you still can take it. Uh, it is posted on Facebook and plus I emailed it out and we'll be emailing it out again so that we can get as much information as possible in the official survey. But uh, we had mainly, I think almost 500 comments or so uh, with people sharing their stories. And we kind of went back and forth with several people. Uh, Some are in different countries, uh, are not able to call in for the show today. But if you do want to call in, uh, you're you're welcome to do that. And you can inbox me. I can give you the information. The number is 480-358. 7699 is the number. But if you need some more information, you can go ahead and inbox me as well. So today's show, there's so many different comments, so many different awesome examples that people have given, uh, including some of the familiar products that are out there. I'm not going to name all of the different products necessarily, but of course, everyone knows about David Ramsey and what he does related to Uh, finance and and teaching adults, as well as the the information he has out there for children. It's some some really great information. There were a few authors who contacted me as well. And so we'll be having them on the show. If they don't necessarily call in today, we will have them on because we want to make sure that we're giving our children the mindset they, they need, the actions that they need, and information so that as they grow up, and we'll hear about some of the ages that people gave in some of the comments, but as they grow up, They have these principles in place, and maybe they're in a better place in their life uh, financially than we were as we were growing up if we did not have those lessons. Now, there were a few people that I met online that were uh, the same as me. So I grew up in Flint, Michigan, and we had a program in our school, in our elementary school, where the, the principal, the teachers made sure that we had information early, I think it was third, fourth, fifth grade, where there was a person from the bank came in and went over uh, information about savings. Now, they didn't necessarily go into investing and, and a number of the other things that I'm going to talk about today, but they did talk about opening a savings account. And I think I've mentioned this on my show before, that it was with Citizens Bank in Flint, Michigan, and I had my first little brown uh, savings book when I was in elementary school. And so even before that, my parents talked about money, talked about savings, and my brother and I, we were kidpreneurs back then. And a number of the people that gave their comments talked about that as well. One person said, 
<laughs> that their children were praying for snow yet today because they wanted to make sure that they could go out and shovel that snow and make some money. And that's exactly what we did, my brother and I. Um, I'm not sure if, if he gave me like half or I'm, I'm now I'm just kind of thinking about that. I don't know what percentage he gave me. Uh, maybe it was half. I can't remember, but we would shovel snow. We would rake leaves. We would mow lawns. We would trim rose bushes. We would paint people's houses. We would do whatever we could do in the neighborhood to make that money. Oh, and let's not forget the paper route. That was back when we would throw the paper and we would have to go around with our little card and try to collect. Okay. So that was another lesson in business because there would be people who wouldn't pay for their newspaper on time or they just wouldn't pay at all. And we would have to actually um, close their account. So then we'd have to remember like which addresses those were for so that we wouldn't accidentally just throw the paper on the next day at that house. So we had to have organizational skills. We didn't have Excel spreadsheets back then. We just had our little papers and we were going for it. We were making whatever money we could make. So there were a lot of different things that we could do as far as saving our money and um, spending money on what it is that we wanted to have related to various toys and gadgets that we would then take apart and make into other things. Uh, we were both very engineering minded. Uh, he's in the medical profession now. He's actually a professional nurse. But um, back then we were all about buying things so that we could play with them. But we would also take them apart and make other things out of them. So um, what I want to talk about today <coughs> is what age do we start all of this? So there were various opinions that people had. Um, <coughs> Some said from birth, <laughs> starting them out from birth, or, you know, when they are two or three years, as soon as they're able to talk or even recognize what a coin is and make it a game. So that's one thing that I want to put out there as a concept. And as you know, on this show, what we do is we talk about various things, but throughout, I always talk about the concepts that maybe would be good for you to write down so that you can make sure that you're getting the, the awesome nuggets that we have for you today, okay? So some of these things may be things that you've already thought about, but some of them may be uh, some interesting type things that, that have come out of uh, some of the research that I've done. And then, as I mentioned, some of it had to do with my, my childhood myself and uh, the different things that, that we did growing up. So I um, wanted to just uh, go on here and make sure that I'm able to see the comments. If there's anyone that is commenting today, thank you all for being on. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Jennifer. Great to have you. Hello, Virginia. And so what we will do is go over some of these comments. Okay. So the first thing was the age, okay? So some people said from birth, some other people said basically two or three, and there were various examples that people gave, which I thought were very interesting. So if there was change in the parent's purse, the, the mom, they would allow the child to play with it. Now, some people obviously are concerned about the child eating the coin, right? and choking on the coin. Well, obviously you have to supervise this activity, but they made it into a game where they would take the coins and walk the child, whether they walked or crawled, over to the piggy bank and put it in, and you hear the noise of it and you make this really big uh, deal out of it. You know, like, wow, oh wow, we're putting the money in the piggy bank. And then you're explaining the concepts in a way that maybe a child could understand, but maybe they don't even understand it at that point. It's just a game initially, right? So they hear the jingle when the coin goes into the piggy bank. 
I remember my piggy bank. I loved my little piggy bank. So that was one of the things that, that was stated was have them play with the coins. Now, that was something that I did at home as well as at my grandparents' house because my grandfather had a, um, a can. It was a little round can. And I think there used to be tobacco in it because he smoked a pipe uh, every so often. Not a lot, but, but he did smoke a pipe sometimes after we watered the garden and did other things outside. Uh, really enjoyed that time with my grandparents. But the, um, the can had all of his coins in it. So when I was over there, no matter when I went over there, I would go over there, I would dump the coins out, I would separate them, I would stack them, I would count them, I would log them on my sheet. And sometimes there were a few foreign coins in there as well. And uh, we would talk about those and then I would put them back and do the same thing the next time I went over there. Sometimes I would wash them. Uh, I would do the same thing with rocks. I collected rocks as well. But the thing was with the money is that it was really, really fun because there would be sometimes, I guess, at the end of each day, he would put his coins in there, uh, anything that was left in his pocket. And what I would do was see what the difference was between the first time and the, and the next time that I counted. So that was just some kind of counting game that I would do over there. Um, but in elementary school, like I said, my brother and I, we were all about the jobs, okay? So I'd like to just thank my mom and my dad for allowing us to do that. I don't even know if they allowed us to do it, but we were just all about making the money in the neighborhood. And uh, one of the friends, he's my friend on Facebook right now, Mr. Paul, shout out to you. I'll have to have you listen to this episode. Uh, he would have candy, right? And so sometimes he would give us candy. I think sometimes he would sell us the candy. I can't remember. I'm going to have to check with that fact. But he was considered the candy man when he um, came into our neighborhood. He wasn't originally in our neighborhood when we first grew up there. And so uh, we wanted candy. So I think we would buy some of that candy from him. I think he had a little side hustle back then related to the candy. But whatever it is that your children are doing, as long as it's something that's legal, uh, we want to encourage them to have ways of making money, okay? So one of the things that people stated is about the two, three-year-old and making the sound in the piggy bank. Another thing was having where they would be paid for chores. Now, some of these are in some of uh, current literature and some are just things that parents came up with that maybe have resembled or is the same as what's in some literature because like my parents didn't have any of these books, but we did these same things where we would get allowance, but we would get allowance for doing our chores. It wasn't necessary, necessarily that they would just give us money just to give us money. If we didn't do what we were supposed to be doing around the house, I don't think that we would get that money. And sometimes it was two, three dollars, five dollars. It wasn't necessarily a lot because we didn't have a lot of money, you know, growing up. But again, my brother and I, we made our own money with the various uh, jobs that, that we put ourselves to in the neighborhood. So we would do our chores and then we would get paid for our chores. Now, there was one mother that mentioned um, that if she ended up having to clean up after her children, then they would have to pay her for cleaning up what they left. I think that's awesome. <laughs> And so uh, there was a lesson there. There was a lesson there. So depending on what we're doing, there's all these different creative ways. And I just really appreciate all the comments that were given because we're able to help people uh, understand some of this information and be able to uh, maybe make some, some other suggestions or other movements 
in their own household, or maybe even if their kids are already grown, they can maybe help do it with their grandchildren and neighbors, cousins, anyone putting some of these principles into place. So one of the things that I do want to, want to talk about is that there were some parents that have already started not just talking to their children about saving money, because saving is important, but also investing. And also there was one that just even talked about how when they were at the store, they would show them the tags on the store on the, on the shelves to talk about uh, unit price and having an understanding of the different unit prices, okay? And so how awesome is that, you know, teaching your children at that young age? And there was one that got really upset when they understood that, you know, the price that they have on the item is not the total price because there's tax, right? There's sales tax. So one, one boy, I think it was a boy, just got real upset about this whole sales tax thing. Um, might've been a girl, but got upset about sales tax because that's extra that they put on there after you think that you have enough money for whatever it is that, that you're trying to buy. So I guess they brought their little money and uh, wanted to buy something and they thought they had enough, but then there was the sales tax. So make sure parents, that's another nugget. Make sure that you talk to your children. Uh, if they are in the store, if they're going with you, if they have their own money, or if you're just showing them how you buy things, um, make sure that you talk to them about tax, okay? Because that is something very important for them to understand. Another thing that I did with my children was I had various lessons. Um, this was when they were, I think, in junior high school uh, about tipping, okay? So I think we had talked about it and we had a number of conversations prior to that if we're out at a restaurant and then you write out the information related to the bill, they give you the bill and then you calculate how much you're going to tip, okay? So we would go over that over and over and over in various lessons. And one time in particular, my one of my daughters had some friends over and they ordered a pizza. So they were collecting their money for the pizza. And I said, well, did you collect enough to, to also give money for the tip? And so she showed me the money they collected. She's like, oh, there should be enough there. I was like, well, how much is the bill? So she told me. And I said, so do you have enough for a tip to give at least 15 to 20%? And she says, oh, it should be enough. I'm like, no, do you have enough to give the 15, 20%? You need to know how to do that. You, we've talked about how to calculate this. And so she said the same answer again. And I said, well, we're not ordering this pizza until you know that you have enough for the tip. So they had to sit there, all of them, and come up with the amount that they needed to have for the tip because I was not going to allow them to order food. And I think they were pretty hungry at the time that they were trying to collect the money. But I made them go through that lesson because it was something that she knew, but she was just trying to be lazy, I think, at that particular point. So um, I think they all got a lesson related to how to calculate a tip uh, on that particular evening. They're 24 and 26 now, so um, that was a long time ago, but I do remember that particular lesson. Okay, so we're talking about saving. So when is, when is it a good time to teach them how to save? Um, people said when they're um, able to speak, when they're able to understand the concept, and I know that all children are different, um, but part of it is being a good example, okay? So that's 
one of the next nuggets is being a good example. And there were a number of people that talked about how they allowed their children to walk with them in the store and they would explain different things while they were in the store or even while they were sitting doing their bills or uh, balancing the checkbook, that they would explain that to them. Uh, one person said their dad actually had them balance the actual family checkbook. Okay, so there's various different things that we can do to help our children along their way. Now, it does require that they're pretty good at just general math, you know, adding and subtracting, dividing and, and doing percentages, but that's all of what they learn in school and, and you can teach them at home and then how to apply that from a money perspective. There are some people that said that they're still 30, 40 years old and don't really understand uh, money principles. And so there's all kinds of information out there, but I know it's just overwhelming if you just try to go out and try to find something. Sometimes you can find something that's right for you, but if you need help in doing that and, and trying to see, you know, based on where you are, that there's a way that we can help you through Build That Biz and some other initiatives that we have coming up uh, we can help you do that, okay? So I'm saying all that to say that you can contact me and uh, me and my business partner and some other people that we uh, are involved with, we can make sure that we can help you to get those main general principles, whether it's for you or for your children. Now we do run uh, Echelon Leadership Academy, Echelon Leadership Institute, it's Eli. And that is during the summer. And we do have some things that go on during the year. There are a number of other people in other states and other countries uh, that mention that there's other summer programs that they do as well. So if you have children that you want to uh, have understand these principles, I suggest that it's good to, to do at home as well. But having them do this exercise and exchanging with other youth around their same age, I think it's priceless. When we've had uh, Echelon Leadership uh, Institute uh, before, we went over various principles related to saving, uh, related to um, what happens in your, in your bank account. We went over investing. We went over um, um, various terms, you know, assets versus liabilities. And there's a lot of different things that we went over, okay? And the difference between a savings account and a checking account, there are some people that didn't know that information. And then even how the ATM works. Now, these are things that we think that are just general that everyone should understand, but how can they understand it if no one ever explained it to them, okay? Uh, obviously, there's a lot of parents that have had, uh, and I know some of my friends too, and even my kids, well, just get it out of, out of the bank. Like, you know, the bank is just, you know, it, it's just free. It's not that we worked to put the money into the bank. Uh, it's where it's just money is coming out, right? And so we have to teach our children these principles. And there's lots of information out there. Um, plus, you know, the different programs like the one that we did for junior, junior high, uh, high school and college students. So make sure that you that you uh, do that, okay? And uh, hey, Katie, good to have you on and all of those who are, are watching via Facebook. And thank you all for who are the folks that are on related to uh, the radio station as well. So it is very, very important that we do our best to teach our children while they're young. Teach our children while they're young about money and how it can be used and how they should use it. So there's various studies out there. Some of it is talking about from three to five years old, help them to identify money. So they can identify money 
even at two years old. Okay, they can identify what the coins are. They may not understand that it's money, but identification is key so that they're not just drawing on it and using it for a piece of paper and cutting it and doing things of that nature. We want to make sure that they, they understand this is something that's very, very valuable. Okay, so identification of money. Uh, one survey mentioned that that should be done between three to five years old. And then giving them the concept of allowance or commission. Allowance or commission. Now, when is it okay to start that? Well, basically, as soon as they can start doing some kind of chore, okay? And they can start that at two or three years old as well, where they have where they do something and then they get something in return. Now, some parents have done this with real money, and some have done it with fake money. And then some, like what we have done in Echelon Leadership Institute, is that they actually have uh, e-bucks, Echelon bucks, that they use throughout the class um, that they have to make. Everybody gets $5, five bucks, when they first join the class. And then what we would do is as you go through the class, if there's different things that you do well, you get paid for it. Or if there's different jobs that you do related to the upkeep of the center, you would get paid for it. And then at the end, you can end of that section or end of the, the whole summer, you would be able to translate that into real money um, based on various rules. Okay. And so, and you could even use it for investing and, and doing trading and investing. So there was a number of different lessons that we had that allowed them to understand the value of money, understand various definitions, and make sure that they were clear uh, that these are life lessons that they can take with them and be able to use to open up their own accounts if they didn't already have one. Okay, so please, please, please start your children young give them the information that they need in order to be successful uh, in life. Because there's uh, so many people that have stated that they, they wish that they had started um, earlier. They wish that their parents had a clue. They wish that their parents had strong money principles because with what they know now, they could have been even that much further in their life. So uh, the thing that I say is that, we all have those kinds of things that, that we say. Uh, some may have wished that they had taken dance lessons earlier or learned to play an instrument earlier or knew certain things about business earlier or even understood more about relationships, you know, relationships with other people earlier. So rather than focusing on the woulda, shoulda, coulda, then we can just start with where we are now and try to do better and whatever it is that we learn teach someone else, okay? And so all of us, no matter where we started, there are things that we know now. So we can share it with our, our sisters and brothers and cousins and, and friends and be able to make someone else's life better because of the things that we've learned, okay? And so another thing uh, from a Christian perspective, you know, there's the, the tithe that is one of the things that was mentioned in the comments, and I really appreciated that as well. And so in elementary school, that was something that uh, I was taught. And it's not necessarily just related to money, you know, your time and your talents, you give a percentage of that back to God. So 
there's a lot of different ways for us to teach money principles and to teach, you know, even percentages because that was 10% or whatever it is that, that you use as your percent, 15, 20% that you use uh, for that particular example. Okay. So there are a lot of ways. I talked about jobs that you could have as a child and some of them are chores. And then there was one young lady. It was so cute. Her son uh, had a, has a sister and he would get money from, I think his grandparents or something like that. And whenever they would go to get donuts, he would take his own money so that he could buy his sister a donut. How cute was that? And it was something that they would do in their family a lot. And so that was close to my heart because my dad and I used to always get donuts uh, when we were on our way to go fishing. So we would go at like 4.30 in the morning. There'd already be a long line because there'd be other people that were up early, whether they were doing <clears throat> construction or working uh, in their yards or going on a some kind of sports trip themselves. But there would be a lot of people at uh, Don's Donuts uh, in Flint, Michigan, uh, Every single time he would go, like on a Saturday morning when we would get ready to go fishing. So he would buy, this little boy buys his sister a donut with his own money. And that was just so, so cute. I just thought that that was awesome. And so teaching them, uh, one person talked about, you know, teaching them about giving. And that was something that we did as well. It's not just having the money to collect and have for yourself and just save it for yourself, but it's also having it where you can do something for someone else. So, you know, how do we teach them these principles that really are ones that they can carry with them as an adult uh, if, if we don't start early, okay? How do we teach them uh, about saving? How do we teach them about investing if we don't start, start early? Now, it does have to be where you, you have some general information yourself. And when I say investing, it's not necessarily in the stock market or anything related to, uh, to that. It's where you can start, whether it's with play money or real money, teaching them the principles of investing. That if you invest in this, then based on these activities that may occur, you could either uh, double your money or triple your money if things go well. There's a lot of different things that we can teach our children um, just using play money or using games or examples, okay? And so having parents that understand this information, it doesn't even have to be your parents. Some people talked about, I don't know if there was their aunts or uncles or grandparents, because sometimes your parents just don't have that information, okay? And so uh, let's not beat ourselves up about that. Let's just go ahead and just start where we are now and just try to do better for the next generation. And so uh, I really appreciate, you know, some people who, who said that they're still struggling uh, and trying to understand themselves. And so again, if you need to get in contact with us, um, our, my email address is g3qara at gmail.com. That's g3qara at gmail.com. Or you can give me a call, 480-227-9743. That's 480-227-9743. If you want to have a consultation related to that, and that's just a, a free consultation, just to kind of talk about where you are and what some of your needs would be. Okay, so let's get into some more of the examples. Um, one of the things that we talked about was the price, the price of items. So when you're in the store, uh, it doesn't start in the store. It starts at home. It starts at home. So if you know that you only have a budget of, let's say, 100 or $200 for groceries, then 
having an understanding of what it is that you want to buy, making a list and understanding what it is you want to buy. And if you're able to, to get all of that for that amount of money is something that it's very good for you to understand. Now, when I was younger and some people, I don't know that I saw anybody say anything about that, but we used to clip coupons. Okay. So I used to clip everything. I used to cut up everything in the paper and magazines. Just, I, I liked scissors. I still like scissors and like to cut, but I would make it into a game to cut the, the um, coupons, okay? So we would have our budget. We would have what we want to get from the store. And then based on what we want to get from the store, we would then go into uh, the coupon um, envelope and see what was already in there, make sure it was not expired. And then we would go and, and in the papers, the newspapers would have a coupon section. We would go and start clipping coupons for the items that we wanted to get from the store. And that was great. That was great. We were able to, um, to save a lot of money that way because there were a number of things that uh, we were able to get for either 50% off, 20% off, or get a dollar off, or 50 cents off. All of those things were great. Hey, Crystal, good to see you on this morning. Uh, good morning and God bless you too. And so coupons and planning and budget. So have a budget, know what it is that you want to go get. So that's having your list and then seeing if there's any coupons or ways that you can save. Okay. There's one lady that I know and she helps with our nonprofit. Sometimes she used to give us like 10, 20, 30 items that she got for free because she was able to work those coupons in a way that based on how they were all connected, some kind of magical coupon way that she would do, uh, she was able to get things for free or she'd get like 30 things and it would only be 50 cents of the total, total price, 50 cents. Not that it was 50 cents per, total price would be like 50 cents, something crazy like that that she was able to do with these, her coupon magic. So um, teaching our children how to do that. Now it's not saying that everyone even quote unquote needs to use coupons. That's that it's, it's something that you do because you can't afford the, the full amount of something. It's because you're teaching a principle, okay? You're teaching a principle. And what we're talking about today are money principles for children. And uh, when, when do we start with our children? Right away, as soon as they can understand the concept of money, as soon as they can pick up a coin, as soon as birth, some people said from birth. Um, the point is whether we start at two, year old, two years old, three, five, nine, all of the different ages that people gave, uh, start them early. Sometime either before they start school or elementary school. Again, every child is different. Every child is different, but there's some concept that you can teach them while they're still young, okay? And there's so many different games out there. There's so many different books. And even if you don't have the games or the books, you can just make up things because we, I think we had, we had some games, but we just used real stuff. We, we had our own money because we used real, real situations. We were out there trying to make money uh, on the streets, uh, doing lawns and, and different things, uh, shoveling snow and things like that in Michigan. And so... Um, having them understand that you do an action and then you get paid for that action, okay? Now, another point that I want to make related to this lesson is negotiation skills. Negotiation skills. 
in relation to money, teaching our children negotiation skills. So Crystal, what are you, what are you saying related to negotiation? Depending on what it is that you're going to do, you can, you can have your child say that uh, if they're doing XYZ job and you just give them some money, that's different than them understanding that they can say that I'm going to do this mom and I would like to receive $5 for this, or I'm going to do this mom and the, the cost of me doing this is, is $20, uh, for instance. So teaching them how to do that and then if you come back and say, okay, that sounds like a fair price and you give that to them, then the next time they come to you and say, mom, I'm going to do this. And uh, the cost for doing this is $25. Now they've raised the price from 20 to $25. Okay, and you say $25. Okay, so based on the price that it was last time and the fact that you did it, but it was you, you did a really good job, but I think you could have done better. I'm not necessarily thinking that I should pay the $25 this time. I would say that I can pay you $18. It was $20 last time. You, now you're trying to charge me $25. But last time you did it, you did a good job, but you didn't do like an awesome job. There's a better way that you could maybe phrase that with your child, but say that you're going to pay, pay them $18. So now they have to think about negotiation. So how do I get this $25? What can I say to my mom uh, related to what I did before? Because now she's given me some feedback. You probably should have given them feedback earlier, but now she's given me some feedback. And now I have to decide, do I go ahead and do it for the 18 because I really need the money? Or do I say, okay, well, I'm sorry. I apologize for how uh, the job was last time. I'm going to do better this time. I'm even going to throw in some other things that I'm going to do in order to get the $25, okay? So helping them understand that they acknowledge what you've said, say what they're going to do about what they did previously, and then what they may be able to do or add on so that they can get that 25 that is one example of negotiation. So I hope that made sense. Um, there's other examples that, that we can go over. But the point is, in life, there's going to be times that as a child or as an adult, they need to be able to have those skills. Now, one of the times that we went to Africa, we took uh, several other times we went to Africa, Jamaica, and various places on missions trips. Uh, we've taken um, teenagers. And one of the things that happens, whether you're an adult or a teen, is uh, if you've never been to a place where you want to go and buy something and it's a fair, it's a, um, a place where there's just the open area. What is it called? It's not called a fair. I'm not thinking of, of what the, um, the word is for it, but where everybody's just out um, selling their items. Okay. It's not a fair. Oh my gosh. What is it? Anyways, everyone's out selling their items and then you can go up and say that you want to buy. Uh, let's, I, I collect elephants. So say I wanted to buy this very, very beautiful wooden elephant and the price on it said $60. Okay. So I can then say to the person, depending on where you are and what kind of event that they're having, you can say, uh, I'll give you 40 for it. And then they'll say, okay, or they'll say, it's $60. 
he say, okay, I'll give you 40 for it. <laughs> and they say, um, okay, um, I'll take 50 for it. So then now you can either take uh, pay the 50 or you can try to see if you can still bring them down to the 40. Now, depending on what it is, you don't do this on every single item and every single time you go to buy something because they put a lot of work into making these items and the craftsmanship is just impeccable. So don't just use this technique and use this just to get things for cheap. Um, we need to honor, you know, what it is that they've made. But depending on what's going on, and sometimes it is kind of fun just to do the bartering, but don't go down too low on these people because, you know, they, they have uh, put their time and effort. And yes, Sometimes it is where they're saying it's 60 and it's really something that only should cost 10. But if you go around to the various booths, you can see uh, who has like which kinds of prices for the same exact kind of thing. Now, if you go around and there's nothing else like that, then you go back to that particular one and you buy it for whatever the price is, or you can maybe just try to go a little bit lower. But I would just say, try to honor them. And sometimes when you do that, then you're able to, to get a cheaper price. Now, why am I mentioning this, mentioning this in the show is about children, is because this is a technique and this is a skill, and this is something that happens in life all the time that we need to know how to do. Not because you're going to go to some foreign country for a missions trip, but because you are a, a person that um, when you're out doing anything in life, even here in America and in other countries, that <clears throat> um, it's something that is going to come up. Now, there was uh, one person, she had mentioned that the schools uh, in Australia, they already have in elementary school where they start their, the children out there uh, on a specific, a specific financial program that it's a, a program that's required. So I'm going to be looking that up and getting some more information on that. But it's something that we need to make sure that we do ourselves, depending on what the schools are doing. A lot of the schools do do that, uh, maybe around the, the fourth or fifth grade. But <clears throat> by that point, there's a lot of lessons that we could have already taught our children. Okay. So one of the things that we want to do as far as this lesson and the reason why I'm talking about this <clears throat> is because if we teach our children the money principles, then we move away from entitlement. We move away from entitlement, thinking that they are owed this, that my parents are required to give me these items. My parents are required to give me food, clothing, and shelter. Of course, we're going to take care of our children. Our Parents are required to give me uh, these toys and these games. That is not the case. So if we start them early, understanding the principles and how to earn that, then we move away from entitlement, okay? So that's something that is very key that I think it's good for us to, to make sure that we teach because it helps us to, to raise a child that uh, has a better mindset related to money, re even related to their parents, and related to uh, how to interact with money. Now, one of the things that I mentioned, and a few people mentioned, uh, one, this one lady, I think she had uh, twin boys, and there was other people, there was a son and a daughter, uh, other people that had various makeups uh, of children in their family. And some of them talked about uh, the different personalities that their children had, okay? Different money personalities. So there was one that everything that they got, they save, save, save. And then when they wanted something big, they were able to buy it for themselves. And then the other one had another child that spent, spent, spent every single thing that they got. They went out and bought something, went out and bought something. Well, all of these things that they bought were smaller things because they didn't have that much money. 
and the other child was the one that all of the little pieces of money that they got, the $5, $10, and $20, they saved, and then they had three, $400. Some of them had $200. <clears throat> and then they were able to buy something a lot larger. And then sometimes the other child comes and looks and say, wow, that's something that I could have done as well. Uh, Mom, dad, could you help me to, to do that? And, and we've done that. My husband and I have done that as well for uh, some people. And some of them were adults where we hold their money for them. Uh, if you are a person that cannot be trusted with your own money, uh, and if your children want you to do that, if you're acting as a bank for them. There's not the interest in all of that, but you're, you're allowing them to give you the money so that they can uh, then have where they have a sheet where they keep track of how much money they have. And it can be where they're not, it's not right there in their face, in their hand, because if it's in their hand, they're going to spend it. They're going to use it. So anything that we can do to put these principles in place and help our children would be great. And, uh, and even to help our adult uh, children and maybe even our friends or other people in our family or even people that are not in our family because we've done this for people that were not in our family uh, to be able to help them to get to certain financial goals. And they were able to get there. I must say that we've had a number of successes uh, helping people uh, financially in that manner where they would open up an account uh, and it would be where they were not able to get to that money. Every time that they got it, we were able to put that money into an account uh, for them. And uh, then also to teach principals on how to use the money, okay? And so we talked about that and we talked about um, earlier yesterday and today and looking at some of the survey answers, um, we talked about a money personality. But what I wanna also talk about is the word habits. What are your money habits? What are your money habits? As the parent, <coughs> excuse me, or the elder in the family, what are your money habits? Because guess what? The children are watching. They're watching. So if we're telling them all of these different things, all of these different things like what I'm talking about in the show, and then we have like horrible money habits, what are they going to see the most? What are they going to maybe adhere to the most? Maybe what we're saying, but they may do exactly what they see as being our money habits, okay? So it's very, very important to have good habits related to money. Now, what does that mean? Some people, as soon as they get their check, uh, they pay themselves first whatever amount that might be, so that they have something to do something nice for themselves. Other people, they take off the tithe first so that they can give that money back to God, meaning to their church. Other people, they um, take off money to be able to put into a college fund or something like that for their children. And then other people, you know, they go straight to paying whatever bills it is that they may have uh, based on, on that check. Uh, other people have where based on whatever they get, they take a certain percentage and they put it towards XYZ investment, okay? Um, some people, they take whatever amount and they give it to whoever is doing their financial advising so that they can do some investing with it. There's like all different things that people do based on when they get uh, money, okay? Uh, even when you get something that's unexpected. For instance, I was very, very thankful, very grateful and thankful uh, last month uh, related to a few bonuses that I got. Um, and so what do you do when you get something like that? That's not something that was uh, expected and you don't know what the amount is going to be because it was a bonus. And so what do you do with that money? And when you're talking about it around your children, our children are not here, they're, they're grown and they're gone. But when if it were to happen, of which it did happen when they were growing up too. What did you talk about related to that bonus? 
What do you talk about related to your check in general? They're listening and they're watching. So if we're talking about money habits, we're talking about things that can help our children if they see us doing it and if they hear what we say about it, they're going to take all of those things into consideration. All of it. And it may be that you think that they're not listening, but they are listening. So we want to make sure that even if we do something or say something or have done it in the past or just today or just last week, it's okay. Talk to your children about it. Identify some habits that may not have been the best money habits and then talk to your children about it and say, you know, mommy and daddy, we were just talking about X, Y, Z last week and uh, we wanted to just maybe start having some money conversations with you. And that those decisions that we made on that day, you know, probably were not the best decisions, you know, for us to make at that time. Whatever it is that you have to say to kind of backtrack on some things that maybe were more recent, or even if they weren't more recent, if you're going to start having money conversations with your children, you can go ahead and bring those things up, okay? And have it a part of your routine, uh, having these money conversations with your children. Have it be a part of your routine. So whether it's every two weeks, whether it's every month, whether it's every time they get money for something that they're doing, have those money conversations, okay? Um, we have talked to youth about setting up their LLCs um, as young people, you know, as teenagers, young adults, and you can do the same. If you have a child that have, has a specific talent, even if they don't have a specific talent, there's some things that you can teach them and that they can have uh, based on an idea that you have related to running a business, okay? It's never too early for that, never too early. A lot of us all know about the quote-unquote lemonade stand. I actually had a lemonade stand, had orange stand. I had an arts and crafts stand. I had all kinds of stands out there trying to sell different things in my neighborhood. Um, there was the one guy I was telling you, I think he was the candy man. I'm going to have to check with him to see if he used to charge us for that candy. But the point is, is that um, sometimes, and especially now, there's different things that children are able to do and understand on the internet. There's different things they can do on the computer that they can maybe even make that into a business. There's babysitting. There's uh, you know things that are just general like that. Dog walking. You, there's a number of things that you can do to, to make money, okay? And then some of them actually have really great ideas related to other areas of business. And some of it may be even sports related. Um, things that they can do related to helping their fellow, fellow athletes. Um, there's a lot of different ways for you to help your children come up with ideas where they can make money. It may not be physical labor the way my brother and I did out there shoveling snow and raking leaves and, and doing all those kinds of things. It may not be physical labor. It may be that they're using their mind. Uh, it may be that they're using their hands, crafts to make things. There's one young lady that I know, she's a phenomenal painter. She's very, very, very uh, um, good. She's very good. And some of the different designs that she does, um, she's able to put them on clothes, okay? And so I did talk to her mom. I'm probably going to talk to her mom again about the fact that that's something that if she wants to, some people just like to do things for hobbies, but um, some of that can be turned into something for profit, okay? So it just kind of depends on what you want to do, what you want to help your child with, and... Um, being able to just get the principles out there, building good routines, good habits yourself so that you can help them have good routines and good habits, help them understand that 
um, what you're doing, this is not to help them understand, this is, this is for you uh, and for me, is that we, we move them away from entitlement. That entitlement syndrome, if we help to teach them about money and the principles early on and about how to earn that, okay? So these are just some things to keep in mind. Um, one person said that they helped their, their child develop a, a spreadsheet, okay? And then another one just mentioned also that uh, their child went ahead and did that based on understanding what money they had and they wanted to have a better way of keeping track of their money that they started using an Excel spreadsheet to do that. Okay. And that's something that, that we can do as well. And it doesn't have to be that we're really great at Excel because the kids um, are taught that in school. And maybe there's somebody else that you know that can help them do that, or you can call us and we can help you with that as well, but have them set up a, a balance sheet, have them set up a balance sheet. Now, even if, if you don't know what a balance sheet is, that's something that we can talk about, but it's something that you can Google. All of these different things are things that we can teach at a young age, okay? <clears throat> um, another thing is just making sure that you have money discussions, money discussions. Now, when we have these money discussions and when we have discussions when they are old enough to get some kind of credit card, okay? So how young is too young to start? They need to start learning early about credit cards, what they are, how they work uh, with the bank, learn about interest, learn about fees, and learn about credit rating. All of these are just awesome, awesome uh, topics awesome comments that people made and uh, things that, you know, we're talking to our children about 24 and 26, some of which we talked about earlier. We didn't talk about everything. We're starting to talk about even more now because they are um, starting their own businesses. And so please parents, please aunties, uncles, grandparents, have these discussions. If you are not comfortable having the discussions, um, talk to someone else in your family that you know that is good with money, maybe, and have them talk to your children. Or again, like I said, you can call us and we can, we'll be giving you some more information about some of the things that we'll be doing during the summer and uh, some things that are coming up related to you and your money and your children. So please, please, please uh, do what you can do to have these conversations because it's something that uh, you will not regret um, having. The same with um, being brushing your teeth. The same with good health in general for your body. Uh, doing exercise. Uh, there's all different kinds of habits that we can start young in teaching our children how to do these things so that they can have a better life, okay? And it's not going to be that they necessarily gravitate to everything because sometimes um, children just kind of ignore <laughs> some of the things that are taught to them and then, or you think that they're ignoring it, right? You think that they're ignoring it and then what happens? Later on, you hear that they actually picked it up and they're actually doing it. Okay, so we talked about the allowance discussion. We talked about um, identifying money allowances and, and giving money for chores and teaching them how to spend their money. We talked about even unit prices and tax at the store. We talked about having a budget um, and clipping coupons and just having them understand how all of that works. And it's not necessarily that they need to use coupons uh, going forward in their life, 
part of what you do in doing that is that they just get the lesson behind it, okay? Um, and then understanding how to avoid credit card debt, okay? So that is when they are young before they leave the house, meaning before they leave to go out to college, they need to have these principles uh, understood because when they're out there, there's different um, companies and they've stopped some of that now, but there's still ways for them to get to the children uh, where they come on campus or they find them and however they sign up for all these different credit cards and now they're in credit card debt at a very, very young age, okay? So it's good to have so that you can build a credit rating by having them have the card and paying it, have it, paying on it, paying on it, paying on it to, to maintain a good credit rating. But it is where we need to make sure that we're teaching them that uh, having credit cards is okay. It is okay, but not where there's overage. Now, I'm saying it in this manner because it may be that some of us as the adults have a lot of credit cards and we are in debt. That is still something that you can teach your children. You can say, see, mommy and daddy, what we've done, don't do this, okay? Same with smoking and other things like that, people who smoke telling their children not to smoke. So the thing is, is just try not to do it so that you don't have to have them do the opposite. But it is okay because they can see that, they can understand it, understand the struggles that you're going through, and then have where they use that in their own life to try not to make some of those same mistakes, okay? Now, um, when we're talking about uh, a number of things related to money, there's uh, how early should you start? Um, start as soon as possible. And then what kinds of things do you start with? And, and do you talk about the privacy related to money? Now, some people go around just telling people how much money they have or how much they made on this job, that job. Uh, and um, depending on what's going on in your particular environment, that might be okay. But depending on where you are, uh, it might be that then those people then try to find ways to swindle that money out of you, okay? So there's people who are millionaires and billionaires and, and a number of the people that I work with and talk to that uh, don't necessarily tell people their status because then there's always people asking them for money. And a lot of us have seen that even in our own families, uh, even between the two children. If there's two children and there's one that's always saving and one that's always spending, the one that's always spending knows that the one that's saving has money. And they say, well, hey, can I borrow this or can I borrow that or can you buy that for me? It already happens in families. It already does, okay? And then it also happens when you're an adult. So you just need to understand um, and just have discretion uh, with the people that you are around, what you say or don't say related to money, because it could be that uh, you are giving them more information than they need to have, because then they would end up asking you questions that you'll then have to address, okay? Um, and Crystal mentioned uh, that uh, she had to learn certain things the, the hard way. And uh, a lot of people did, Crystal. A lot, a lot of people did, un unfortunately. But the thing is, is that when you learn something the hard way, the key word is learn, is that you learned it. Okay, so now we can do better. Now we can do better. Because there's some people that are not learning the hard way. They're just still going along their merry way. And it's like, oh, my gosh, they're not even really understanding how much uh, debt they're in or how that's affecting their credit score and things of that nature. So congrats to you that you are now learning those, those uh, things. So when we talk about concepts, the concept that we're talking about uh, related to chores is that they're earning money. It's an earning concept. 
Okay, so if you're taking notes, we're doing concepts related to earning, we're doing concepts related to saving, concepts related to spending. Okay, the little boy that bought his sister a donut, that's just so cute. But and if his parents, grandparents see that, they're probably going to continue to give him money for various things, or maybe you can earn money. But um, people who tend to do nice things for people, they continue to get. Okay, did you hear what I said? People who tend to do nice things then most times continue to get from uh, other people, other agencies, or from whatever, because people know that they're a giving person. That happens with us in our nonprofit. People see all of the different things that we, we give. And yes, it is a nonprofit, but we were doing this even before we had the nonprofit, that people would just give us things. Uh, sometimes they would say, no, this is for you. Do not now go and use that or spend that or give it to someone else. We're getting this for you because we're just thankful for you. Okay. So if somebody does something like that for you, then honor that. But sometimes it's where they give it to you so that you can give it to someone else. So teaching your children, the concepts of, of being generous, teaching your children, the concepts of giving and the more that they give, they will also continue to receive. Okay. So these are very, very, very key, key concepts. So the, the concept of sharing, okay? So now if we're talking about a family where there's one child that's a saver and one child that is a spender, it could be that uh, the one child does share money or share, like if they buy something, they can share it with the other child, okay? And then sometimes those principles do rub off so it's not that there are always two different personalities in a family because sometimes it ends up that they, they then come to learn and, and actually apply those new principles. So just keep that in mind is that um, don't play one child off of the other. And if you do have more than one child, and we're talking about how soon do you teach a child about money, and you taught the first child starting at two or three or four, but because of whatever is going on with the mind of the second or third or fourth child, they may or may not be able to pick up those same concepts at the same time frame. So please, please, please treat every child uh, as their own individual person and don't just uh, try to put all those, those pressures on them just because, you know, Johnny learned at this age doesn't mean that Sally's going to learn at the same age. It just doesn't happen that way. And the same when my children started walking, I think the youngest, the oldest, she started walking at about eight months, eight months. We had hardwood floors and she didn't want her knees on those floors. So she's just like, I'm just going to go ahead and walk. So I don't have to put my knees on these floors. That was what I said that she said. Uh, and then the old, the youngest, she started at 10 months. So they both started at around the same time. Um, but um, it was still very, very early, I thought, for, for them to be able to start walking. Um, but the thing is, is that you don't play one child off the other related to these money concepts because money is something that can uh, join people and it's something that we all know can separate people. It can join families and separate families. It can join people in business and separate people in business. Uh, it can help relationships and it can break relationships. So we want to make sure that we do what we can do to start out early with really great money concepts so that we can help our children to develop good habits, develop good conversations, and good routines around money. Now, the people that I talk to, like I said, the millionaires and billionaires, and uh, just everyday people, 
that I come across. Some people have money and have what they have because they, they don't share it. They don't do anything with it. They just, they uh, invest it and they get money and, and they invest and get money and they save it and they don't really spend money. Okay. So you have to decide what you're going to show them about how to spend money. And what kind of things do you spend money on? Do you have a rainy day fund? Do you have investments? Do you have money in buckets for, not a real bucket, but do you have money in buckets for uh, various things that are going to happen during, during your life? Do you need new tires? Do you need a new, potentially uh, a new air conditioner for your, your house? We're in Arizona, it's hot. You may need to see how many years it's been since you've uh, purchased it. Do you have money to service the air conditioner? Because it should be serviced. And then money to potentially buy another one. Okay, so these are different things that happen in life. Taking care of a household. Okay, so one of the questions in the actual Survey Monkey uh, survey <laughs> was related to taking care of a household. When were you taught how to do that? Okay, so having where you have your children side by side with you while you're going through your bills, having them sit there with you or even write out some of the checks and then you sign them, whatever it is that you can do to have them understand this, have them look at the budget, have them develop a budget for themselves. Um, there's lots of different things that parents have done and I really appreciate everyone who has uh, given information that I've been able to just kind of take a look at and just see how awesome you guys are doing out there and teaching your children. And even for those who, you know, confessed that uh, they were not taught and they are trying to do better with their children, but they don't even understand where to start, uh, we can help you with that. And even just point you to some things that are maybe online. You can go ahead and give us a call or inbox me or whatever it is that you need to do. But uh, we appreciate your input. And I really appreciated this show because it allowed me to connect with some very awesome parents that are doing some very awesome things. And you guys have some really great children that uh, are really, really money minded already. So thank you all for sharing from all over the world. And we will be back with you again on next week. Thank you for joining today's show. Bye bye. Whatever the mind can conceive and believe the mind can achieve. Join us in Arizona on March 5th, 6th, and 7th for the Weekend of Wealth taught by the Think and Grow Rich Institute president himself and representatives of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. The book Think and Grow Rich was written by Napoleon Hill years ago and remains the go-to book and a continued bestseller for self-help all over the world. Why? Because it works. Over 100 million people have experienced the transforming power of Napoleon Hill's teachings. Now you can too. The Think and Grow Rich Institute Weekend of Wealth is the next step for those who want to truly transform their lives forever. That's www.thinkandgrowricheventbrite.com. www.thinkandgrowricheventbrite.com. Find the three-day workshop in Phoenix, Arizona. There's amazing discounts along with a free youth wealth forum for the children of all attendees. Now that's a good deal. Join us for the Weekend of Wealth and experience Arizona's beautiful hiking trip trails, shopping, golf, and much more. That's www.thinkandgrowricheventbrite.com. www.thinkandgrowricheventbrite.com. Find the three-day workshop in Phoenix, Arizona. Register today and change your life forever. 
Want to shift someone's destiny? Calling all CPAs, a.k.a. community and corporate partners in action. Become a community liaison or a corporate sponsor for our Give Hope Drives for the homeless and needy families. Donate tax-deductible funds, food, blankets, and books. Sponsor and serve our monthly luncheon, mentor a youth, or go on a foreign mission and make a difference. Contact our Soaring with Eagles radio show host, Crystal, at your team at buildthatbiz.com or visit our nonprofit page at fullcolormovement.com. Thank you for tuning in to Soaring with Eagles. Please join Crystal Richardson again on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition. Let's soar together, give back to our communities, and change the world.